What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 455 of the Smartout Moments Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week, where we'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, reports, police uh, situations, uh, car accidents, <laughs> tapings, coverage, all sorts of different things. We're all over the place this week. And all the other things that have happened in the world of professional wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about, or that we have time to talk about. It is twelve thirty in the morning here. We are late uh, of our oh, recording. Oh, oh yeah, you're getting you're getting scatterbrained. Yeah, you're getting a little around. bit because uh, <laughs> we it took this long for us to get a chance to start doing this because SmackDown was just kind of like, hey, how about like stuff? And they were like, blah, and started you know throwing up a bunch of content at us and everything. So. We are uh, we're gonna go down a list of about ten or so bulky hot tags for this episode. Lots of discussion that we're gonna get into here. Hopefully, it's not like a four hour long podcast, but you never know. And of course, uh, one of the things we're gonna be talking about is we're gonna be going over the changes that they've made to SummerSlam and Takeover, following our whole predictions post that we had done before. For some reason, uh, the Google Assistant is popping up for me. I did not say anything close to okay, Google right then but whatever now of course it wants to do it again stop it uh we are your usual people here you should know us by now and if you don't you're brand new to the podcast this is a weird start for you but hey i am tony mango and this is robert d felice hey i mean it's it's a weird start it's but it's thunderdome weekend tony have you ever seen mad max thunderdome i i've only seen the very first one the uh just regular mad max or yeah. actually, was that actually Road just Warrior. called Mad? Yeah, Road Warrior. Okay. Yeah, that's that and Rambo do that thing where it's like, oh, the first one's got to be called Rambo, and it's like, no, it's First Blood, and you're like, oh, okay, wait, what? That's like, uh, that always throws me off. That's kind of like if Lethal Weapon wasn't called Lethal Weapon One, Two, Three, and Four, if it was called like uh, Riggs, and then it was called Lethal Weapon Two, and then whatever. Um, but I've not seen Thunderdome in so long that I basically haven't seen it. And I think that I had watched it on TV, so I'm sure that that was heavily edited and awful. But we're talking, you know, me as a little kid essentially seeing that. So I don't remember much about it, but I do remember that it did not include people falling asleep on the uh, <laughs> You know, so Thunderdome in a WWE context is a bit strange. I'm more along the CM Punk lines of, has there ever been a movie that has just provided so much content to wrestling the road warriors <laughs> that's true uh, thunderdome thunder cage wcw did a thunder cage they did uh the match beyond is also kind of a take on thunderdome L- listen the mad max movies are very big in the world of wrestling are we gonna get like the next pay-per-view instead of being payback or you know whatever like those names that we've seen before they're gonna bring back roadblock but they're gonna call it fury roadblock yeah i'm surprised i'm sure in their minds fast lane is like a take on fast and the furious mm, yeah fast lane events uh they're all about the wwe family <laughs> that's what it is that's right <laughs> We are going to talk about Thunderdome. We are going to talk about the updates for the card I mentioned before. We're going to talk about some people leaving WWE and some people getting a little bit of a boost to their career in WWE, different things like that. Um, where do you think we should start here? Do you think we should start with uh, something a little bit more on the positive side, something more on the WTF side? 
On on any other week, I think this would be the biggest hot tag, but I think we should start with Renee Young. Alrighty, well, before we get started with all these hot tags, I want to remind everybody that we want to know what you have to say about these topics as well. So take a part of that discussion and keep it going by leaving a comment below. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Stitcher or iTunes or Google Podcasts or pretty much anything that's out there except for YouTube, then there are no comment sections. But you should leave a little follow or a star rating or whatever they have on there. It'll help out quite a bit. And then hop on over to the page on smartcatmoment.com or go to, obviously, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at smartcatmoment. You could send a tweet or whatever add us with that. Or you can do the best thing, of course, which is to go on the YouTube channel. And while you're there, hit the like button on the video and hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that already and ring that little notification bell and drop a comment below and tell us your thoughts. Before I even uh, follow that up, though, I do want to point out another thing that's different here which is, I would say, hit the like button on the video. Now we have a different button that's on there as well that isn't on everybody's channels. Uh, They're rolling out this thing called applause. And I didn't know that this was even a thing until last night or so. And I was looking into something that I'll explain a little bit more in detail a little bit later when I do the plug for Patreon and uh, the YouTube membership and all that. But there is the option that you, you could be beta testing this thing. And I got the invite of being a part of this. So if you have the ability and you want to uh, toss a little tip jar money our way, there's a new function where like, next to the like button and the share button and all that other kind of stuff, it's a little thing that says applause. If you click on that, there's a, I think it's $2 and you can't adjust the rate right now. I think that they said you might be able to adjust it in the future. And if so, I would love to put it down to like 50 cents or something, or maybe even just a dollar. But if you really like the video a whole lot and you want to be like, that's great. This video was awesome guys. And you hit the applause thing. It's essentially a one-time donation thing. You can do it as many times as you want on as many videos as you want, but that's what that little button there is. And when you click on it, it's like a little applause thing that pops up and it, you know, obviously shows support for us and helps us out. I'm not sure if it helps out with the algorithm and stuff, but that's an extra little thing to be aware of. So if you do want to hit the like button and you want to, you wish that you could like it even more, that's another way to do that. I will explain a little bit more detail of the membership and stuff like that later on. But yeah, let's talk about Renee Young. She is leaving WWE and that sucks because Renee Young's awesome, but at the same time, we all saw this coming from a mile away, so I'm not surprised. This really sucks. Like, I, my initial reaction, as we, we've discussed on this podcast, I'm a very, like, I'm a fan fan, you know what I mean? Like, I am the guy who will get super into it sometimes, and my reaction was just the Darth Vader, no! Like, fucking Renee Young like I really thought she was going to be the replacement for Cole and be the female voice of WWE but ever since that uh, commentator gig didn't go the way they wanted it to it seems like she was slowly phased out and phased out and phased out not even so much I know everybody thinks well it's because Moxley left and all that but it just seemed like she was getting phased out to like, oh, she's just going to do backstage. It's like, really? The best interviewer in the game? And you're just going to have her do a Tuesday night at 11 p.m. show on FS1? It felt very weird. 
And with her doing, you know, the cookbook stuff and not doing much on SmackDown and maybe even the fact that she just got COVID recently and was able to overcome it, you know, maybe she just said, hey, let's go our separate ways. I got a feeling that Renee is that type of person that you would love to hire, that they are a go-getter and she doesn't want to settle for just doing her job, punching in and punching out kind of a thing. And the downside for those types of people is unless you're giving them something to sink their teeth into, they don't want to keep doing it anymore. And like, um, everybody's different in school, for instance, and some people are, they struggle in whatever subjects, we're all subjects, I mean, some people are, and there are people that they might struggle in a subject, not because they're not intelligent in it or that they don't pay any attention or whatever, but because they're bored. And you have to kind of almost give them extra projects just so they can keep on their toes. And I feel like Renee, when they brought her into the WWE, it was a brand new thing. So she's, you know, getting used to the job. She's starting a whole fresh. It's a whole, you know, cool experience and all that. She was the social media lounge girl on the kickoffs. And then she progressed higher and higher and they kept giving her more and more responsibilities, which is great for somebody like, well, I'm assuming like her, uh, that she is, where she keeps wanting to take on new projects and try new things out and try to expand her horizons and stuff. But then once you start taking those away, it's not so much, oh, now I have less work to do. Or I guess I'll just find the new thing. It's more so, well, now I feel empty. And I can see her being in a situation where she's looking at WWE and saying, why am I bothering to stick around here anymore? Because I went from being the the interviewer and then I went up to being the interviewer. And now the interview stuff, it's a downgrade if I went back down to that. I went over to the commentary side of things and I tried that out and that didn't work out and that got taken away. I had Talking Smack, and that ended up being this great thing, but that went away. I had WWE Backstage, my own show, essentially, and that went away. And it's like, you take enough things away from her, and she's going to go, I guess there's no real upward momentum. I'm just going to completely keep resetting. Let me try elsewhere and try that out. Yeah, yeah, like, for me, I never loved her on commentary, but I also think... I would like to see her try commentary with just Corey, you know, instead of being like the third wheel, mm-hmm. which is never good. Never. Like, I, I never understood why it became this mandate to stretch the commentary team to three people. The but, three person thing only really works if you've got a full balance of the three. Like, if you have, for instance, and they couldn't do this all the time and it didn't work all the time either, but like, JR, King, and Vince kind of worked out because you had JR would hold everybody back and he would do the play by play and he'd be like, you know, well, this is the whatever move and this person came from this background and this is the serious thing. King and does the color and Vince steers the ship and plugs the merchandise and tells right. the WWE narrative. It would be great. Like, I think in the current climate, Michael Cole, Corey Graves, Samoa Joe. Yeah, Probably that could work out pretty well. Because right know, now, like they've got the uh, Byron 
and they've got Tom Phillips and they've got Vic Joseph and they've got Drew Gulak and they've got like all this these handfuls of people. And I don't think any of the teams really fully have the perfect grasp. What about a Borash? Wasn't he on 205 Live? Uh, I don't remember offhand. He probably I know was. They, they finally like introduced him mid pandemic. And then I guess they took him off real quick. They've been kind of playing around with a lot of those things. Like Vic came back and then now Vic's part of, I think, NXT instead of Tom. If I remember correctly, I, now it's like Vic and Morrow and Beth. Where's Nigel? I hope he gets his job back real quick when the pandemic is over. Uh, I don't know if you're going to say like I was in love with Nigel, but I do hope he gets the job back because he shouldn't have lost his job due to COVID. Well, with Renee... I mean, another factor of this has to be the distance between Moxley and WWE. That can't not be some kind of a factor. You know, there's definitely some bad blood there. There's got to be a lot of just uneasiness and tension just because of the fact that it's like, you know, hey, your husband's working for the enemy, like that kind of thing. I don't even know if it's so much that, but because he did the bit where he showed up on the episode of... uh, Backstage. Yeah, backstage. Like, he just like, I got him, and he, he like put the dog on the camera. I thought that was funny. I, I don't know if it's so much that. Maybe it's just like, you know, there was the rumors that they were pissed off with her for coming forward about COVID. Because remember, they weren't coming forward about COVID, and then uh, I think the show had just gotten canceled, and she's like, oh, "What a shitty week! A show got canceled, and I got COVID." Wear your mask. You know, like, she's just speaking the truth. And maybe she's just tired. Like, it sounds... Don't get me wrong. I would love to work for WWE. But it does sound exhausting. You know? It does sound like, oh, my God, all these rules. The amount of rules to get into Thunderdome were kind of obnoxious. And to be fair, maybe they were looking for reasons to be upset with her, too. That could always be that type of thing, because there's a lot of places, whether it's like different work situations or projects you're working on or school type stuff or whatever it is. I don't know. It all, even just friendships where if you're upset with somebody and you don't have a reason to be, you start looking for reasons to be upset. And it could be the type of thing where WWE was like, they don't really like the whole Renee and Moxley thing being like that. And then it becomes, oh, he popped up on backstage. You can't do that. Whereas normally it would be like, that's fine. And you, you talked about COVID. Come on now, you're really on thin ice. You know, like that kind of crap. Could be. Yeah. Either way, and I, I tweeted this out. I love Renee Young. She's so talented. She's She strikes me as like a genuinely cool person. You know what I mean? Like some people try hard. I feel like Renee, what you see is what you get. And I want to see her do more in the future. You know what sucks? We don't have Renee Young anymore after, I'm assuming it's after SummerSlam. And we had lost, uh, we lost Kathy, Kathy Kelly. Oh, which, again, I'm sorry, Kathy, but it feels like 20 years ago because of COVID. Right. <laughs> like, it, I was just in February. Like, people, there were still people. Oh, there's still people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were still people. Like, that was uh, NXT TakeOver Portland. And I loved uh, Kathy. I was like, Kathy is the American Renee. 
and now we don't have either one of them. I will admit they have given Kayla and Charlie a lot of leg room lately. Mm-hmm. I think that they're I, afraid. <laughs> I, I think that, that that's like a good thing because now if you notice, especially Charlie, they at least show emotion. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And I hope, uh, you know, Kayla does more, which we'll talk about in a second, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And Charlie Caruso is doing great. And I want stuff like that to stay. Uh, Charlie, she had uh, branched out and started doing the ESPN type stuff, I think it was. Yep. Uh, So she was kind of reaching that level where it's like, let me try to do some other stuff. And they probably were like, oh, come on, please don't. Like, you know, kind of thing. So... I mean, if we start seeing a situation where it's like suddenly Sarah Schneider becomes the main one, and then Mackenzie Mitchell becomes the number two, and then that kind of thing, it could very that well happen. Kinda, aren't they both like almost similar looking? Yeah, they're both pretty blondes. Yeah. You know, uh, and nothing really like uh, too different from like the WWE mold. They're attractive 20 to 30 something year old women. <laughs> it's kind of. There's a big range of that, right? It's like you know? when we had uh, Tom Phillips and Mike Th- Rome. We uh, had Tom Phillips, Mike Rome, Vic Joseph, uh, Todd Grisham. But specifically, Justin, Tom and Mike were so similar looking that like Jericho made a joke out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just the, the beanpole, white, dark-haired guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> just all the same. Cookie-cutter molds. It's just, if WWE could pick something, it would be like, all right, Commentary guy is a uh, young Michael Cole without the goatee, and interview girl is and just you know. It's literally Renee Young, right? Like, uh, blonde, cute, short, blonde, white. <laughs> so she's leaving. We don't know exactly how that's going to go down and what she is going to do. But uh, what do you think the over under is that she goes to AEW? I don't think it's right 80? away, but I I, I think. Maybe next year, but I don't think she's going right away. I am expecting her to pop up super fast. <laughs> like, I would not be shocked at all if she is in attendance at All Out. I do think the only way to debut her is Moxley. I don't know, he's getting interviewed by the Taz, and he's pissed off, and he DDT's Taz, and then or or Marvez or whatever, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" Now I need an interview. I gotta call somebody with a microphone, and he just calls his wife. Renee pops up. It'll be it'll be a huge pop when there's people. Which, by the way, we gotta talk about that too. AEW is allowing people. That's and, on the list. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Uh, that's gonna be. Whew, we'll see. Uh, but I think Renee is gonna pop up as kind of like what um. Jake Hager's wife did where she was ringside and it's like, Hey everybody, that's Jake Hager's wife. And she's whatever. Then she kind of got a part in that story. I'm expecting it to be like, look who's in the crowd tonight. It's Renee Paquette or Renee. Uh, good. Whatever they're going to call her. I guess uh, Renee good. Or Renee Moxley. Renee can do that because Renee is so, it, it's not like Jake Hager's wife who I didn't know before they showed her on TV. You know, that's Renee. Renee is as, much of a known character as Dean Ambrose. All that more reason, though. Hey, guys, remember this one from WWE? She's here. She's uh, Moxley's wife, and isn't that cool that she's in the crowd? Look at that. We got her in AEW now. Like, that kind of thing. 
I'm expecting I'd be cool that to be the case. Some commentary on Dark. I feel like she'd probably gel well with Shivani. I hope she doesn't do commentary. Or if she does, that she ends up being so much better because she doesn't have Vince in her ear. I would give her one more chance at commentary. Yeah, I mean, what's worth one more chance? Why not? Um, but we're going to have to find that out when we find that out because there's also a chance that she's on like a no compete or that there's she still some hasn't kinda... actually officially said I'm leaving, which I'm wondering now, Kayla Braxton's doing the triple H interview, which is typically Renee's spot. So I'm wondering if it's just like she gave her notice and she's just sitting at home already, or if it's like she's going to make a comment saying, Hey, I'm leaving. But this would be a good weekend to do it. To leave, you mean? To like announce that you're leaving because it's NXT TakeOver 30 and she wasn't an NXT girl. Um, talking Smack is back. That was her thing too. This would be a good weekend for her to say something on some platform. And I mean, listen, if Kathy Kelly got donuts, like <laughs> Renee Young deserves some kind of high five, you know, like. She's Unless. Been, they're being petty and it ends up being like, oh, Kathy, like, we get it. Like, you want to spread your wings and we love you and whatever. And then it, Renee is just kind of like, all right, get out of here, bitch. Like, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you mean you want to spread your wings? You're WWE. <laughs> you're spreading your wings and going to that other company, aren't you? That, yeah. This shit. You know what we're going to give you? We're going to give you bagels that we pissed all over. <laughs> so, you know, like one of those kind of things. Like,. <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't put it past certain people to be angry about the situation. I don't expect that to happen, obviously, but it'd be kind of funny if it did just to be like, wow, that's real fucking petty, you know? But, uh, yeah, it's, um, that, that sucks, but I'm not too shocked. And right at the time that she's like leaving, they're going, Hey, remember that show that you liked that we didn't bring back for all these years? We're bringing it back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Almost like out of spite. Talking smack is returning. It's going to be hosted not by Renee Young and Daniel Bryan, but by Kayla Braxton and Xavier Woods. So, so it's a uh, okay, folks. I'm just going to say it. basically this is exactly what I think you would get if you said, "Yeah, give, give me the chocolate variant of this." <laughs> <laughs> like Renee, Renee Young and Daniel Bryan pretty much equate to a it's... vanilla. You very, yeah, you kind of go, well, we have an interviewer and like kind of like a a spunky girl. Sporky, donkey. Oh, sporky. Sporky. (laughs) (laughs) She's made out of sporks. And then you get like the kind of geeky guy who's got a lot of energy to him, but isn't like like a Mojo Raleigh type of energy. Like he's more so just like, he's going to laugh at things. He's going to crack jokes, you know, whatever. It's a completely different scenario than if they would have been like, Talking Smack is returning and it's going to be hosted by uh, Jerry Lawler and, uh, I don't know, uh, Big Show. You know, where Big Show would actually even be more so than, who's like a completely deadpan type of person. Um, really a lot of the interviews, I like, uh, Sarah Schreiber and uh, let's say, even if they did, even if they said, okay, gotta have a girl, gotta have a guy, that kind of a thing. If they were like, okay, we're going to make talking smack and it's going to be Beth Phoenix and Grand Metalik, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) it'd be like, what? You know, (laughs) but like Kayla and Xavier, like I can see that pair working out. They're going to have fun. And I think it'll be fine. I think people forget 
One of the cool things about talking smack was the Daniel Bryan factor. So Daniel Bryan was in a stage in his life and career where he couldn't wrestle and gave no fucks about anything. So he would go on that show and just be like, hey, John, remember when I called you a parody of a wrestler? (laughs) Or like... Hey, AJ, let's talk about how you think the Earth is flat. <laughs> yeah. He broke the news about that, if I remember correctly. It's like, he he gave no fucks. Uh, Renee Young is always great. And then you have the cool things of, that was like John Cena for five minutes being like, I don't give a shit about Dean Ambrose. You know, I'm tired of people saying that I don't care about wrestling. Like, I don't give a shit about Dean Ambrose and John Cena. Like, it was the fun moments like that that you would have to create those very raw moments again where you're like, wow, that Miz promo. I don't remember exactly where I was when I watched that because it was like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. this is the coolest thing ever. Like, Miz just punked out Daniel Bryan, and now I want to see Bryan come back. Are you going to get those moments with Xavier Woods? I don't think that you're going to get those moments no matter who's on the show. That's the problem. Now, I haven't been watching Raw Talk, but I don't know a single person that's mentioned anything about. Did you see what happened on Raw, Raw Talk? Talk? I will tell you this. The the running gag on Raw Talk, which is hosted most of the time by Charlie Caruso and R-Truth, is that R-Truth cracks Shayna Baszler up. And she tries so hard to stay in character, and he just be like, "So catering had some good fish, and she breaks." <laughs> <laughs> Is there anybody in the past ten, twenty years or so that seems to be as universally liked Loved. and and everything as our truth? Like even Santino, like he made everybody laugh, but there were some people that were just like. It seems like maybe they were a little bit annoyed with Santino. Our truth seems like everybody across the spectrum is just kind of like, all right, that fucker's funny. <laughs> just maybe kinda... from a locker room standpoint, maybe Kofi, but from a fan standpoint, and this is the thing, I think it was like the last two or three years where everybody just went, you know what? Our truth is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a time frame where I was just like, this guy sucks. So much. It was the little Jimmy shit, I'm sure. I liked little Jimmy and all that. I didn't like Pretty Ricky. I still don't like Pretty Ricky. Oh, were you talking about like early R Truth where he was just like, hey, I'm here and I'm rapping and I'm doing the thing that you expect, you know, like. Early R Truth's return, well, I guess R Truth, period, because he was K Quick before. Early R Truth, I was like, maybe this guy's got some potential. Like, I, I don't remember anything about him and whatever, and I didn't see him in TNA. And then it became, oh, crap, this guy's really not all that great. And I'm getting kind of sick and tired of him. They started doing the little Jimmy stuff, and I'm like, all right, this is pretty fucking funny. Then it got a little bit annoying. Then it got hilarious again. Then he kind of fell by the wayside. Then it got hilarious again, that kind of thing. But well, overall, Because then he was great. like, I enjoyed the heel turn, because I was like, oh, I think it's cool that they're using him. And then when they turn that into, like, well, he's just a crazy guy who yeah. thinks this invisible man is real, <laughs> you know? And then that turned into, like, I got a fear of spiders, but I'm just trying to climb a ladder in the middle of the Royal Rumble. I got acrophobia. Like, this fucking, like, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. And I think, for me, the tip of the iceberg was, 
my childhood hero, John Cena. It's like, <laughs> you're like 15 years older than him, but okay. Like, yeah, he's great. I would love to see, like, he would be a great person on some of these shows if he was just sort of doing that. Because he does make the R-Truth game show. And that's, like, kind of a struggle to get through, but he's the one that makes that show great. Um, Kayla and Xavier, I think that they can do a good job with what they're given, though. That's the... The issue with the Raw Talk and Talking Smack is if you want it to be a great show the way that Talking Smack was, you have to allow it to be a great show. And WWE doesn't want that. They want the people to tune in the way that they did before, but they don't want to allow that freedom. So it's not going to ever be great if you just neuter it the way that you neuter everything else, you know? Yeah. I have no interest in watching Raw Talk because I know that nothing's going to happen on it. And I'm not going to bother watching Talking Smack either. How many I'll, I'll shows do we Talking need, you know? A chance. I'll give Talking Smack a chance because of who's on it. I like Xavier, so I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah, I like, like, and I think that these people could have a lot that they offer in these different roles and stuff, but, like... There's a lot going on right now, even though, again, it feels like this is the time frame where, to me, again, I'm going off a little bit, sorry, folks, but like half of these things should have died. Like I thought for sure this would be like the forced closure of like a handful of indies and a handful of WWE shows would just stop because we wouldn't need main event or 205 live. Mm -hmm. But instead they're adding more. So like I, I do agree with you in that way that like, I don't want to subject myself to anymore, but I will give Talking Smack a chance at least. If I had the time, and maybe I'll do this for a future article when I do have the time, I'll try to make some kind of a an organizational chart or something like I did before with the pay-per-views where I was kind of saying like, this is how I would set up the pay-per-views where it's like the beginning of the year you have Royal Rumble, then you have Elimination Chamber in February, and then you have March to WrestleMania, it's like a thing or whatever, and that, like blah, blah, blah. But because uh, I look at things like backstage and I'm like, you know what? What did backstage really give us? Not much. Um, yeah. It had like CM Punk returned. Okay, but he didn't return. He just showed up on a couple of episodes to say, I like this guy and I don't like this guy and this girl's great. Well, I don't and, think you know. we knew what backstage was going to be. We didn't realize that. Even, you know, because we're so in the mindset that everything is WWE, we didn't realize, hey, Fox really has a lot of control of this. And it's kind of this separate thing where Renee and Punk and Paige and whoever else is on the show are going to kind of bury the TV shows because this is its own separate thing. And they're just sort of like. I hate this storyline. It's dumb. Like half of backstage's tenure was this fucking Lana, Lana Bobby Lashley thing. It's mm-hmm. dumb. But like that is the only element of it that's great. The, all the rest of the stuff where they would do like, you know, promo school and all that, that didn't matter. And that is one of those things. I love merging stuff. I would be like, we don't need backstage and the bump and raw talk and talking smack and fallout interviews. And special things on YouTube and special things on Twitter and the special things. So like, how about we have the bump and the bump 
is an hour long show that talks about all those kinds of topics and runs down everything. Or if you really want to play loose with everything and go, well, we need some more than that because we need some flexibility. One episode of the bump per week that acts as, and this means getting rid of afterburn and bottom line. That, and that's you're, you're crossing a different territory because the only reason those shows exist is because of weird uh, contractual agreements and weird market areas. Yeah, and that stuff is like just air the bump, you know. Waluha. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's it's insane and it's hard to keep track of because it's like, well, this person hosts WWE now, and this person hosts WWE Experience, and this person hosts WWE whatever, and it's like so you have like twenty six recap shows. So like, there's... shit. Why can't you just have like, here's the WWE recap show. For everybody, gotta like be a kid like me, who, if I saw that fucking logo on a piece of toast, I was watching that piece of toast for an hour. <laughs> like they, they do you exist. Didn't, you didn't get all that you uh, would need for a minute of looking at the toast. <laughs> no, no, no. You can look at an hour of the toast. Yeah, find uh, out all little cracks. And <laughs> I used to like. Oh, bottom line is on channel fifty five and. 2 p.m. on Saturday? I'm going to watch that. Until you fucking realize, wait, okay, so this is just a 30-minute version of Raw. You know? Like, for some people it works. My thing is, too many of these things are the same. I like the bump. Because the bump is at least this, like, goofy morning show with these four, well, three, and Kayla that aren't seen anywhere else. They're just on the bump. Even though I don't personally like it, there's potential because it's different in some ways. So they do have like, you know, Popola talks about how much he loves Sasha Banks and like they have some people on there for interviews and sometimes they break stories and stuff. So it's like, I would tweak the bump for sure. I'd maybe get rid of some of the people on there and replace them with some other people and maybe change the format a little bit. But ultimately... Okay, this is WWE's morning show. Cool, keep it. And something like the Raw Talk and Talking Smack, if it could be, let's let them just be themselves and let's do that kind of thing, then that could be a lot of fun. But if it's just going to be extended interviews of talking about the same feuds and then having the same repeated nonsense, we don't need to do that. These stories aren't that complex, you know? And... A studio I mean, are, show. Are you like, denying the complexity of the Lucha House Party versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura? Yeah, like it's you don't need to have twenty things just to explain some things. I know that uh, WWE and pro wrestling in general appeals to the lowest common denominator, but it's like, come on, at some point, no child left behind has to just go. All right, just leave them. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's just like. <laughs> And I speak this as uh, somebody who has an, an education degree where it just you, becomes... You would have totally had to have told the lie and then uh, passed every child at some point. No, I don't want to. <laughs> That's why you're here and not a teacher. <laughs> that is legitimately one of the main, main reasons why is for me just being like, I don't want to teach standardized testing and stuff. But the uh, yeah, it's kind of an odd situation. And it's like, Oh, cool. Talking Smack is coming back, but it's not going to be Talking Smack because you're not going to let them just say whatever they want. So ultimately, Kayla Braxton and Xavier Woods are going to host 
another let's repeat the interview process we'll thing. We'll get and... some good moments when it's Biggie. And when it's guys that they already have a rapport with that it's going to just naturally come through. But man, when it's like uh, Grand Metalik, like you're not going to get anything. And you're just going to get contrived bullshit. Yeah, so I'm not excited for that. Um, those are just two of the hot tags. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are 35 minutes into this. We talked to two of them. That's funny. So a reminder for uh, you to drop comments below and all that other kind of stuff. Quick plug while I'm at it, too, because I'll use that as a buffer. The Patreon is something that uh, I plug every single week, every single podcast and stuff, because it's a huge, huge deal. Uh, I mentioned before, I love merging things. I would love to reorganize lots of different things. And one of the ways that I would like to reorganize things for a smart out moment is to get a brand new whole situation with the website where I would switch over to WordPress and have a whole lot of things that are different on it. But to be able to do that, I need a huge influx of uh, the revenue to be able to do that. And of course, that doesn't need to be like, oh, you know, it needs to come at 1230 today or, you know, give away my kidney to somebody or, you know, like some kind of where it's like life or death. But it's the type of thing that I want to work towards. And if you've got the spare change to offer and you want to help out through the Patreon, even a dollar is something that can go a long way, especially the more people that do it. So take advantage of that if you're interested in showing your support. Essentially, if you think that we give you at least $1 worth of entertainment value in an entire month, then yeah, a buck can go a long way. And there's the $5 ad block forgiveness tier where you get your name on the Smarks Club thing on the website. There's the $10 dark cast tier. Those are Patreon exclusive episodes you can only listen to if you are at that tier or higher on the Patreon. You can't find it anywhere else. There is also the mailbag priority, where if we're not doing the mailbag during the uh, particular month, then we will do a mailbag for your questions. Or if we are doing it for that quarter, it's that type of time's up, then all of your questions will be prioritized. We're not going to like pick and choose and not answer all of them and stuff. Then there's also the pick your poison tier where you get to request something for us to do, a special feature, a gimmick, podcast, an editorial, whatever it might be. Just like how Guest 5 had recently said uh, that he requested for us to do the top rope list for the NXT tag teams. That's essentially what it is. He donated to the tier and was like, this is what I would like to see you guys do. Does that work? And we were like, yep. And then we did it. <laughs> That's essentially what it was. So that is for the Patreon. Now, that makes me have to go into this other thing. There is the YouTube membership side of things. Now it's on there. It's working, it seems, that you can join. That's the little button that says join on the channel. And if you don't really like Patreon, but you like the idea behind Patreon, maybe you don't trust that website or something like that, and you want to be, make everything just a part of YouTube, that is essentially the YouTube Patreon system. So they don't give the options for everything the exact same way as Patreon does, but it's very, very similar. You know, there's the $1 tier, there's a $5 tier, there's the $10 tier, that kind of a thing. And essentially the main differences are with the Patreon, it's the normal Patreon stuff. With YouTube, you also get this little thing that's called a loyalty badge, where depending on how long you've been a part of the YouTube member uh, group, 
that you get this little badge next to your name. And I uploaded those little graphics. I made it to where you start off green because, hey, look at that. You're green, brand new, that kind of thing. And you work your way up towards black. Just I kind of went in order of like a color wheel, essentially. Uh, black's not on the color wheel, but, you know, I needed to end it with something. So that's just a little a little ring that comes next to your name. And I added some custom emojis as well. The only I can only add four right now. So now there's just a little WWE logo with like the no symbol above it. Same with AEW and then a little smart cap moment one. And I actually forget what the other one was off the top of my head, but those are there and you can only get access to them if you're part of the membership thing. And there's also going to be in some form and fashion, once we get people that sign up for this, since there are Patreon dark casts that are Patreon exclusive, wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for them to be on YouTube either. So instead, we're going to do some YouTube exclusive things. And these videos are going to be potentially actual videos of us, maybe with, uh, you know, like the video quality being the way that we were when we did like the live show kind of thing. We were testing things out like that, where maybe once a month we just have a regular, you know, this is the uh, YouTube exclusive, whatever. Currently, I'm calling it House Shows from Parts Unknown because <laughs> like I'm gimmicky as all hell. So maybe that's going to come up in the future. It kind of all depends on who supports what. As we're not going to do any of them until we at least get some people that are on that tier, obviously, because then there's no point in having nobody be able to access it. But those are members only types of situations where you can't get access to that unless you do that. So we're not splitting the difference. We're essentially doubling up. That's what it is. So if you're going, ah, what the hell? Like I get the Patreon things and you're going to put them on YouTube. Nope. Those Patreon exclusives are going to be Patreon exclusives. The YouTube ones, YouTube exclusives. And, you know, we'll tweak this as time goes on. But if you if you like those Patreon exclusives, there's also the dark casts that are associated with Paul Heyman Smackdown, which is myself and Callum Wiggins retro podcast where we go back to 2002 and 2003 and cover all the episodes where Paul Heyman was the creative force behind Smackdown. I recently we recorded the go home show for WWE SummerSlam that'll be hitting your YouTube feeds uh, today, I believe, or later in the day. That um, is, yep, that is because uh, technically today's Saturday, so at around like 4 p.m. today. Yeah. So after you get this, you'll be able to get that. There's also the dark cast exclusives of the pay-per-views, and so far we've recorded Vengeance and Global Warning. And this Tuesday you'll be hearing our review of SummerSlam 2002. And that, in our opinion, is the greatest SummerSlam of all time. So check that one out. Yeah, so I'm trying to give people as much content as they can possibly get from what little I can offer as far as the technical know-how and the time to be able to do these things and stuff. The point being, if you do want us to grow, the way that you help us grow is awesome no matter how you help us grow, whether you're following us on Facebook and Twitter while you're hitting the like button, the, the applause button, you're subscribing, you're subscribing to the uh, channel, the membership thing, the Patreon, whatever it is. But the more that we grow, the more I can offer, the more that we can do. So if you want this to blow up and to have multiple more podcasts per week, multiple more articles, uh, bigger staff, better editing, better audio and video quality, more videos themselves instead of having just the audios, uh, everything like that, 
believe me, I want this to expand in ways that you have no idea how bad I want it to expand. I've shared some of those things with Rob in the past, and it's just lists after lists of things I would love to do. So, oh, if you if you guys are understood what we actually would like to do with our time with mm. these channels, uh, it'd be amazing. It's we're talking to the point where so, people would go, oh, "Oh wow, this like this is kind of even putting WWE a little bit to shame," kind of a thing. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, hey, if you're a sponsor person out there and you want to be like, I'm gonna bankroll this or whatever, you got the you got a big wallet. I'm I'm here to listen. <laughs> but anyway, plugs are kind of continuing all the way. I still have more plugs to talk about, but I don't want to make this the plug show. So let's move on to our third topic. Essentially, let's talk about something that is a speculation side of things. Um, Chris Jericho has said that. They know who leaked, who who, uh, who was going to pop up for the moderator for Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho's debate. Now, that came a little bit before the episode had, had uh, aired, where it was like, hey, by the way, that person's going to be Eric Bischoff. And lo and behold, it's Eric Bischoff. He claims they know who leaked it and that it was a, quote, NXT reject who, uh, I guess he had said something like, they'll never be invited back. So I can give you this one because i'm the first person who transcribed it he essentially he said we know who the we know who leaked it by the way it was an nxt reject and that he and he'll never work he'll never fucking work for AEW again so the fact now, that he says he means obviously there goes mj jenkins there goes tainara yeah and like a lot of people immediately were like well, it's got to be Sabatelli or Cesar Bononi. But I'm also like, it's fucking Jericho, guys. Maybe it was nobody. Like, you know, and it's just Jericho being Jericho. Like, that'll mm-hmm. get him talking. Fucking idiots. Like, it could very, very well be that way. Plus, it also would paint WWE in a bad light because it would be like, oh, come on, you're sending a spy over, that kind of thing. Yep. Or. It could be the type of thing where it's a, quote, NXT reject, as in somebody who couldn't make it into NXT. Where we don't remember they are. That's kind of like a, an Aaron Solo or Corey Hollis or anybody who's popped up around that bubble but isn't signed to NXT or wasn't signed to NXT. Because you can look at it that way. You can say an NXT reject is somebody who was in NXT and got rejected, or you could see somebody being rejected from entering NXT. I had seen a lot of people going, oh, it's Aaron Solo, and he's working for this, and he's trying to get in there because he's Bailey's uh, significant other and all this sort of, Bro, kind of stuff. Bro, Bailey, but, like, my, that never sat right with me because why isn't he just working for WWE then, you know? Right. And then people are bringing up the whole thing with uh, Kylie Ray and Cody had said, like, she's Bailey, but not fake. And they're like, oh, Bailey and Aaron Solo have this plan against it. It's, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Bro, I couldn't. Some people, Tony. <laughs> like, I I'd forgotten about that until you said. I was like, "What the fuck did Cody say about Kylie?" But I had forgotten that he did say, "Wow, I love her. She's like, yeah, you could say she's barely, but she's not fake." And I I always get the I'll do the speculation thing right now. I always get the vibe that like Cody's got a bit of a not stick up his ass, but like. 
bit of a friendly grudge for the NXT kids because they're called Dusty's. Kids. Yeah, I could see that being <laughs> the case. Yeah, like, <laughs> Cody said they're going like, they're not Dusty's kids, I'm Dusty's kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, shoot, we're polka dots in this match with Sasha. Yeah. Move over, we're polka dots. You know, like, I, I don't know. I think it's all friendly. And when it's AEW and this kind of stuff, I'm always like, oh, there's a good chance that they're fucking, you know, just trying to stir the pot. Right. Yeah. So I don't necessarily believe in this to begin with, but it'd be really interesting if this turns out to be true. Like, if out of nowhere we get some kind of a thing, like uh, Sabatelli does some shoot interview and he's like, yeah, I leaked it. <laughs> like, kind of thing. Yeah, where it's fuck just like, you, Cody. <laughs> right. Like, then it'll be like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> you know? It's an interesting story whether or not it's complete bullshit or something to actually track and yeah i mean that's that's a it's fun to think about at the very least especially if it's like people are backstage and it's like you know uh benoni or somebody is like just kind of getting on their phone and they're like eric bischoff shows up and whatever send and they're like hey uh what you send in there, pal? And he's like, ah, nothing, nothing. Uh, texting yeah. my girl. <laughs> yeah, text, uh, just texting someone, whatever, like that. Why does your phone say Triple H is who you're texting? That's uh, my, that's uh, my, my girl on the side. Her name's Heather Hurst Helmsley. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would. It's got to be how the joke goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting story. Um, let's talk about another thing with AEW about, you know, hey, people are being in the crowd, that kind of a thing. Now, different people are going to be in the crowd. They're going to try to start selling tickets to fans. And they have already run into an issue where they're like, God damn it, stop trying to sell individual tickets out of groups. <laughs> and credit to them, though, they're going to try to look into this and try to figure out a way to make sure that that doesn't happen. I don't know if they can really police that in any fashion, though. So that's a problem. Because people are going to buy things in bulk, and then they're going to sell the individual tickets, and that's going to defeat the whole purpose of grouping people together based off of commonalities with COVID. Yep. And we will see how this goes. I don't... I don't know if I trust this. I I, I kind of got into a little discussion with some people I work with, because I was just like, you know, fuck, man. If WWE would have done this, there would be zero positive feedback and all negative. Whereas with AEW, there's some positive, some negative. And I, I just, I don't know. It's weird to me that like, I, the totally on me here. Don't be like me. I watch way too much news and the numbers are awful. And when people, especially in the wrestling business are just like, nah, things are good. Things are normal. Let's just get out there again. I'm like, do you want to be in this forever? Because mm-hmm. I, I want to be away from there. Like, I want to be outside of this thing. I want COVID to be a distant memory. And it never will be because we keep trying to rush it into being a distant memory. Everybody's just impatient. Yeah. If, if everything would have shut down the way that New Zealand did for three weeks back when this first started, we'd be gold. Right. But of course, every country is going to be like, we're going to do it our own way. We're going to fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think this is going to work out well. I hope it does, obviously, because then that'll be the sign that we're heading towards the right direction. But I feel like this is 
way too risky and that there are so many negatives that can come out of it and not a whole lot of positives either. Yeah, I um, I don't know. It's did you see the Jericho thing where he was like, well, only there's only like seven cases out of forty five hundred people that went to Sturgis where Fozzie was playing, and Jerry Briscoe, like that Jerry Briscoe was like, yeah, but the issue is that you're one of the people in a dangerous age bracket, and it, <laughs> like. I I just don't want to see anybody get really sick. Like in Hillsborough County, Florida, a six-year-old just died of COVID today. Oof. A six-year-old, which which flips everything on its head about what we thought we knew about kids getting sick. Mm-hmm. And I, here's the thing, and I get it. I get that people, when it doesn't happen to you, you can't relate so you don't give a shit. But you shouldn't need that six-year-old to be your daughter, granddaughter, or niece. You shouldn't need the person that dies to be somebody who's close to you for you to get it. Right. It's like when you hear celebrities and they're like, I have a family member that has such and such, so that's it, it's important to me. Or even, you know, it's really weird is when people are like, I have a daughter, so... Uh, women's issues matter to me and it's like so if you had a son it wouldn't matter to you like that's kind of shitty you know exactly like you have a wife you know like right you know you had a mom at one point you have I'm sure at at least woman in your life that you care about in the slightest bit and if you don't I'm sure you should at least have the ability to have compassion for strangers you know like yeah it's just it's so fucking it's people dumb to me it's just it, it's just dumb to me. So this might be a complete mess. It might be the type of thing where they start doing this, and then a couple weeks afterward, it's like, hey, look at this massive spike in uh, that kind of thing for people coming around there. Because you can never trust people to be clean and safe and whatever. One per- bad person ruins it for everybody. And if you've ever been to like a convention, people stink to high heaven because they don't even put fucking deodorant on, let alone people that are going to wash their hands the right way and show up if they're... Uh, they're you know they're gonna show up when they're sick and they, they shouldn't like plenty yeah, of people doing the I, whole I like I've just got a cough it's the sniffles it's nothing and then they'll infect a whole bunch of people you know I would go to shows if like there were personalized pods kind of like the coal mine like I would yeah. totally watch a show from the coal mine yeah like uh wear like a hazmat suit yeah like implement implement the coal mine at shows. Well, WWE did something as an alternative. We're going to talk about Thunderdome. Just hold on a little bit. We're going to talk about that when we talk about SmackDown. Uh, let's talk about some other disappointing bad stuff that's going on. Um, well, let's uh, oh, no. let's go with uh, Buff Bagwell was in a car accident. Uh, he got beaten up pretty badly from that. I haven't heard too much beyond that, so I don't know how he's necessarily doing, but not a good thing. Uh, what happened? Like he, a truck ran into him or something. I don't remember exactly what the situation was about. I forgot to add like specific notes to it or whatever, but I know that recently he's been going through a lot of things where like he put up a cameo that people were like, uh, maybe he's like kind of depressed and stuff. Yeah. I think that this was like a a DUI type of situation. Maybe I don't remember a hundred percent for sure. So it's, I mean, no matter what, even if it was like a fender bender, it's not a good thing, but if it's bad enough for him to have gotten injured or then potentially some other elements and different levels to it, 
Oh, Not good. He suffered a broken right hip, broken ribs, broken left eye socket bone, a torn gro- a, a torn groin, and has lots of bruising from the car wreck. Uh, police are investigating the incident. He was transported to a hospital in Marietta, Georgia, and the announcement noted that he was impaired by prescription medication. Yeah, so not good. <laughs> uh, I have, like, uh, I hope he gets out of this one. I thought he wasn't that far off, so I was going to make a lot of jokes about, you know, he's buff, he's the stuff, and this car wreck just wasn't enough, but, like... <laughs> yeah. Sounds like he actually got it pretty bad. Right. Yeah. So that's something to to keep your eyes on. Yeah, hopefully Buff Bagwell gets all this stuff sorted out and turns things around. And uh that's not even the craziest story that's on this oh, kind no, of spectrum for this uh, thing. Um if you've been living under a rock and not been following this story, here's the, the long and short of it. Someone tried to kidnap Sonia Deville. This dude had been obsessed and he decided i guess because the head shaving thing was going to happen soon he probably was like this is my last chance type of thing or something he broke into her place and had all sorts of equipment you know duct tape and a knife and all this kind of stuff because he had planned on what was the, the phrase he had said it was something like uh she needed to answer his questions well like just absolutely uh, he, loon. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually just read a little bit of the story. He had been found with like zip ties, and he cut a hole in her patio screen and waited for three to four hours and waiting for her to go to bed. And. Thankfully, the alarm got tripped. Sonia called the cops. Uh, yeah, and Sonia fled the scene in a car. With someone. With that we later found out would be Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy openly said that he began playing this shit eight months ago. He's uh, not even like in the area. Too. No, he's he's a South Carolina man. She was staying in Lutz, Florida. Yeah. So that is a terrible, terrible situation that nobody should go through. And all the more reason to be like general uh, PSA type of thing. For anybody that's out there that starts doing this whole, like, I stand this and I'm obsessed with this person, whatever, like that, celebrities are not your friends. And yeah. you're, you know, they're not people that you actually are connected to in that kind of way. It's great to feel like you've got a connection with certain people, especially when it's like, you know, well, we can tweet and we can go back and forth and people can do a live stream and you could talk to them or whatever like that. But it's not the same thing. And you got to be rational about these kind of things. And it's like, I mean, I saw lots of jokes and I was like, yeah, this is funny enough too. It's like, not funny, of course, but funny in the sense of like, uh, you know, ridiculous of the idea that it's like, 
dude, you didn't understand that she's a lesbian, too. Like, well, he clearly he clearly has some kind of a mental issue, right? And my thing is, it scares me that he's of his own will enough that he was able to first of all drive and then do all of this. Now, we do know that the man has been um, arrested. He was arrested and he's being held without bail. His bail was denied. Good. Uh, and this is a scary, scary situation, which may have impacted SummerSlam mm-hmm. way more than we think. And I'm not going to shout out how close it was, but when I found out how close this was to me, that scared me. You know what else is scary too is that this is not some one person out of the world type of thing. It's like there are so many people that are like this and that they just don't go 100% through with everything. There and are he, people with like different spectrums of this kind of thing. Did. Yeah. He, he pretty much like very, had very, very to close to being a much worse situation. Had she gone to sleep, we could have been reporting on Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose kidnapped or mm-hmm. worse. Right. This could have been as bad of a situation as this is, which is horrible. Nobody should ever go through this kind of a thing. This could have been a hundred times worse. It's, it's just fucking scary. And I want to touch on what you said about celebrities are not your friends. And I think my generation in particular, we grew up with like the Lindsay Lohan and the Britney Spears stuff. That shit is scary. And I think we're seeing now with the rise of cancel culture, like, no, we don't want the the fame that comes with being a celebrity because we're just people at the end of the day. And we deserve to live peaceful lives. And Sonya Deville deserves to live a peaceful life mm-hmm. and this guy is just the, the worst kind of person but again how is it that you're living alone how is it that you're living by yourself you know how are you allowed to do this um you mentioned stand culture i fucking hate that term me too. Because it it is literally listen, I, I fully admit I am a diehard Sasha Banks fan. You wouldn't find me sneaking around to find out where she lives. You know what I mean? I I don't like the term stand because it's based off the Eminem song. Love the song. <laughs> the Dido's great. Yeah. That that song is great, but people took this. How does they, the they, video end, Tony? Yeah. It's like People, there's this weird disconnect that people have with that and with the Harley Quinn and Joker relationship where people do the whole like, oh, I want my relation to be, be like Harley and Joker. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> For anybody who follows the comics and follows the TV shows and the movies and whatever, that's an awful, awful, abusive, terribly manipulative, just disgusting relationship. That should I be the opposite of what you're doing. To where that particular one has been flipped because they flipped Harley so much. Now, now, now she's become this like heroine and this. Uh, she you is know. like this 
pillar girl power type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very. But it's like. Shout out to Bruce fucking Tim for creating the character. Paul Dini them for. Yeah. But like that, that alone, I mean, her character to be able to do that has to go through that trauma, which quick plug if you want us to talk more about these kind of things fanboysanonymous.com the perfect place for that we'd love to do more of these kind of things so donate to the patreon for fanboys i don't have a youtube membership thing up on there yet that channel has not been activated but eventually that's going to be the case so just hey go to fanboysanonymous.com check out more stuff check out the lucifer thing i'm going to put up eventually all that stuff because i'd love to get more into deeper discussions about this stuff but it's like people have this disconnect where they're just like, oh, I would love for like my relationship to be like that. Like you know, the guy gets a tattoo of a Joker and the girl gets a tattoo of a Harley. And it's like, oh, so you beat her. <laughs> like, you know, you, uh, you men- uh, mentally fucked her up and whatever. Did you? No, no, we're just kind of quirky. Oh, well, then you are completely not that type of horrible relationship. And you get the Stan thing. And it's like, yeah, Stan is an obsessed fan who kills people in this whole thing and himself and he kills himself because <laughs> and then at the end of the song he's like oh hey man i'm sorry i never got to write you you know i've been so busy yeah it's like that's not what you should pattern yourself off to you should there should be a healthy level of fandom for anything i think it existed pre-covid i think any I rational mean, human being wrong, stalker fans existed pre right i think yeah. pre-covid or i meant pre-social media sorry COVID. And the even brain. pre-social media i mean there's like the dude that killed selena you know yeah i mean like, uh, look at the murder of lennon yeah there's yeah. always like weird stalkery types of people and if you're one of those types of people and you think you might be around that range knock it off what the fuck is the matter with you but like uh you know it's kind of like nowadays it's become you know how like uh in like the 2000s it became where people were like i'm going to identify myself as emo and like that's going to be like my identity is the fact that I'm depressed instead of can I try to fix my depression. It was almost like I want people to think I'm interesting, so I'm going to be this type of person. And he- I will I will defend this as opposed to today's culture. Today's culture, I think, is worse because at least the emo culture was we're sad and we understand that like life sucks, whereas this culture is like LOL, I'm sad. I want to kill myself. Here's a meme. It, it's it's a very fucked up mindset, but that's, <laughs> well, that's I think, neither here nor there. I think that people want to think that they're interesting. So they'll even have this sort of like, aren't I so eccentric, whatever. And then that makes the actual crazy people that are out there feel like they can be accepted more and just do that kind of stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. That's not good that people are idolizing these types of things. You are weird. Knock it off. And like, there should never be a situation like this to happen with Sonya or anybody like that. Even if I'm not a fan of the person, this shouldn't happen. Like, I don't give a shit about like, I don't know, some like uh, anchors on some hardcore political show or something like that. But like, even if I disagree with them, they shouldn't be harassed or... You know, like this whole thing with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, this feud coming out and it's a trial and whatever like that. That shit was awful. I think it's hilarious that they called her Amber Turd. (laughs) When I found out that story, I'm like, that's fucking great. I'm glad I heard this story. But like paparazzis, you stop following people around just to get a goddamn picture of them walking from the store. So nobody should be walking out of Whole Foods 
and you got these people with their cameras just like hounding them. You shouldn't be on a beach having to worry about, oh yeah, it still goes around. Like you got people that they hang out on the beach and somebody's like, you know, they got this wide telescopic lens and they're kind of like trying to take pictures because it's like, oh, look at this, this person in their bikini, whatever like that. Give them some goddamn privacy. Don't go through their trash. Don't hang out at their house. Don't, don't, if you see a celebrity in person, like, and they're eating dinner, don't fucking interrupt their dinner. They're a person, you know? And that's like, there's different levels of these Real kind quick of things. On the, the death and herd thing. Men can be abused too. Thank you. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Very much so. Some people sweep under the rug. They're just kind of like, nah, you know, one way, that's it. Sure. No. Like, and here's the, the sad shit is we haven't even touched on where this really affected either Sonia or Mandy mm-hmm. to the point where I'm going to skip ahead here. They announced on SmackDown tonight, hey, that hair versus hair thing, that's off. Because the match is now loser leaves WWE. So one of the two, I think most are presuming that it's Sonya because she was the victim. She was the targeted victim here. Is so over this that she or Mandy might just leave the WWE completely on Sunday. So that whole shit we were talking about Sonya Deville being a women's champion. I think I said on one of the podcasts I do. Just yesterday, oh, Sonya will be in the women's title match at WrestleMania. I guess not, because she's competing in a loser leaves WWE match. Well, this Sunday, let's get into that because we have to do some updates for Takeover and for SummerSlam, and that is one of those. So we'll bounce around a little bit here, but that is changing that, and we don't know how, and we don't know the repercussions from that yet. There are a lot of different ways this could go. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before the podcast, so we're going to kind of run down some of the ideas we've already suggested. But one idea is, all right, we know for a fact now they've taken out the hair versus hair thing. So that sucks because first off, that was a very logical direction to go. And now I actually had put it in my one prediction thing. I'm like, oh my God, WWE followed a logical storyline for once. And then it became, oh, look at that. They got shot in the foot. But we're not getting hair versus hair. So the setup for this, kaput whatever that means that either of them can win this match now because pretty much we were all in agreement mandy rose isn't getting her head shaved so sonya has to lose if it's loser leaves wwe we've seen plenty of times that means nothing you know there's been plenty of situations where it's been this person gets fired okay well then Juan cena pops up or this person is leaving raw forever and then they go to smackdown it's like Tons of things like that. Chris Jericho lost a retirement match or a loser leaves WWE match. Popped well, up he, like two he's years. A loser. a loser gets fired. He um he got fired. He stayed away for a year. My thing is somebody's definitely going away for a while. Somebody's going away for at least a little bit. And that could be either of them because maybe in the like span of this whole thing, everybody is talking about Sonya Deville because she was the target and it was her place and all that stuff. But Mandy was there. Mandy could be kind of like, I don't want this to happen to me. I'm going to take a step back. And maybe they took the hair versus hair thing away because they want to have her lose and do that. Maybe this is the way to get Sonya off TV. So she deals with court stuff. Cause that's going to be a thing. 
this is going to be, this isn't a traffic ticket. You know, this is something that's more yeah. than one appearance type of thing. She's going to have lots of stuff on her plate. And some of it isn't even just the physical, I got to go to court and I got to talk about this. It's the emotional stuff that comes along with this. That's the bigger deal. She's going to probably go through some kind of therapy to kind of process this a little bit better. And I'm sure she's got a lot of things that are going to be used for the rest of her life. She's dealing with, with this, which is just disgusting that people have to go through this kind of crap because some scumbag was acting like a jerk. And maybe she wants to get out of WWE. Maybe this is like a swan song. And instead of it becoming, let's shave the head and do the daddy DeVille character and really go crazy with this. Maybe it becomes, you know what? If this is what's going to come about from this, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm yeah. really hoping that that's not the case. I'm really hoping this is their means of saying, well, go do court stuff, go do your stuff, take some time off when you're ready to come back, come back. And that couple months, a year, whatever it is that she comes back and she's like, I'm ready to kick some ass, you know? Whoever it is, whether it's Mandy or it's Sonya. I'm assuming it's Sonya. It's still going to lose. But like, maybe this was part of the plan a little bit to a certain extent. Maybe they were going to do something where Sonya would have gotten her head shaved and would have taken a few weeks off. And it would have been a whole thing of like, she comes back and it's like, oh, like her hair's starting to grow back. Or, you know, like maybe there was something like that. But I think that it's mostly based off of this. There's no confirmation. Speculation. Well, let's talk about the confirmation we did get. So the first instance of this on SmackDown is Kayla approaching Mandy in a very somber way, just saying, Mandy, uh, we just wanted to check in and see how you're doing and what's on your mind. And Mandy just says, basically, let's forget the whole thing. You know, you're my best friend. I just want to be friends. Yeah, let's get some donuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. And my immediate thought was, oh no, they're going to not do the match the and thing because yeah. they were found together. And I'm like, I'm sure WWE's not going crazy about kayfabe in that sense. And uh, then Deville. It gets approached by Dana. Kayla, and she's like, "Oh, whatever I have to say, I'll say to the public." And Dana comes up like, "I'm so sorry, oh my god!" And Deville slaps her, and I'm like, "Okay, we're good, we're good, we're gonna do the match. This is just like a hey, let's address it." And then she goes out there and says, "I don't even care if I'm bald. You don't care about your hair because I gave you a haircut, and you don't care. So let's just fuck that." Loser leaves WWE, and I just like my heart dropped because. Man, this affected her so much. And she sounded rattled. Like, they were live, and this is one of those things where she sounded like she's been crying or... You know what I mean? You know how you can hear right. that in a person's voice? The crackle in the voice kind of thing. Yeah, like, she's had that. And I... It breaks my heart because she was on a roll. And Mandy had found a different kind of character for herself. And either way, even if it is, hey, Mandy wants to step away because she was traumatized, one losing the other, they're losing the biggest part of their character. And their friend 
hanging around. And, and and then again, they lived through this traumatizing tragedy, which you would think they wouldn't have to go through. But again, psychopaths are psychopaths. I want to touch on this real quick because I heard a lot of people saying, you know, stop. Uh, creepy fans need to stop asking for the prom pose pictures. And there's that one that circulates or one or two that circulate with Alexa. And I, I'm like, we have to, yeah, stop being creepy in that regard. But also female fans stop being creepy. Brian Cage just told the story about, yeah, this person wanted to buy my gear and was willing to pay extra if I would jizz in it. Like, stop. Like, mm-hmm. Stop I didn't hear about that, that but I'm not surprised. That's the thing. Just, how many people do you see that do that kind of weird shit where they're like, what was that, that, uh, she, like porn star or cam girl or a Twitch streamer Bel- or something? Belle Delphine, who is selling bathwater, uh, like, which I make the, because I, people always say, well, I don't know what Liv's gimmick is. I said, she's an e girl, she sells bathwater because <laughs> they had her in the tub that one time. But it's true, people would. Buy bathwater from Delphi. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna drink the person's filth. I don't. I, I, I don't know. know what the fuck these people do with that kind of stuff. I don't know if they're drinking it. I don't know if they're bathing in it. I don't know if they're putting it on a shrine like Helga from Hey Arnold. <laughs> like, whatever it is. Like, I think everybody in the world needs to have the introspection of everything in life, where they need to go. Am I fucking weird? And that if they realize that they're not doing things that are the norm, yeah, not everything that's normal is good. Like, I mean, I'll put it this way. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink soda. I don't drink alcohol. I never doesn't like pizza. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I don't smoke weed. I have no interest in doing any kind of drugs. I'm different than most people because most people, they at the very least out of that, drink soda. I don't like the taste. So whatever. So if somebody goes to me and they say like, oh, we should get a beer sometime. I'm like, ah, I don't drink. And it's like, oh, well, then we'll get a coffee. I don't drink coffee. Okay, we'll just get some sodas. I don't drink soda. And it's like, all right, well, Tony's fucking weird. Yeah, but that's not hurting anybody. And if you're the type of person who, for instance, on this kind of side of the discussion, if you're like, you know, oh, I'm going to watch this uh, TV show because this person's attractive in it. That's fine. If you are checking out I don't know. You're checking out something on Pornhub. Cool. Whatever. But if you're the type of person who's like, I'm going to try to stalk this person. No, that's never good for anything, and, and whether they're listen, a celebrity or not. Like, And I think it's worth saying, like, nobody is saying that there aren't plenty of people out there with weird kinks mm-hmm. or like all that stuff can be perfectly fine and healthy. Depending. <laughs> as long as long, yeah, as long as it's like within the limit of the law and, you know, rational, common sense and all that rational or like, you know, you just as long as you understand that, like, this is something that you're not doing to hurt another person. And on the on the flip side of that, and this is very important, too, if you feel like you're being a little weird and you you know, make the steps to not be that way. Like that, you should be credited for that as well. And if you are in any way that any of this stuff resonates with you, where you're like, oh, I might be doing those kind of things. Get help. 
like legit help because there's some reason that you're acting like that. You're you're filling a void. You're trying to compensate for some kind of emotional distress or something like that. Like most people that are in these kind of situations, they have some kind of abuse in their background. They have some kind of uh, you know, the the connections are off in some fashion. It depends on what it is. You know, it could be nature, nurture, whatever it is. But the way to stop those things from happening is to address the problems, to not act on those situations, and to fix the things and stuff. And there's no situation like this that should ever happen to anybody. So it's disgusting that Sonya has to even go through this. And it does affect the SummerSlam card that's away from the biggest deal out of the whole situation, of course. Because if they yeah, were to say... I'm hey, this match isn't happening, I'd be like, all right, cool. Like, totally fine. Take the time to do whatever you want to do. That's the thing that matters most, you know. But now we're getting a no DQ loser leaves WWE thing, and we don't know if it's going to be either of them. We don't know how long they're going to be out, if they're ever going to return. Updated prediction for it, since that was something that we planned on doing and that's something to address. I still think Mandy Rose wins, and I think that Sonya takes a couple months off. I think Mandy Rose wins, and we hopefully see Sonya Deville by the Royal Rumble. Hopefully, yeah. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see her come back. Well, the thing is, I'd like I'd like to see her come back whenever she's ready. That's the thing. It's a shame that any of this is happening, and I'm really curious where they would have gone if this wouldn't have been the case. Maybe we'll get some kind of a 24 special or something about that. Um, that's one of the changes to the card. We didn't get a whole lot of other changes to the card on SummerSlam for the whole SmackDown and Raw and all that other kind of stuff that we didn't already address. That's the only change that they really did. So they did some other things for the roster itself, whatever, but we'll talk about that in a moment. We did get changes to the TakeOver card. Because when we did our predictions, we did that on Tuesday. We didn't know who the final two people were going to be for the ladder match. And two more matches got added to the card. So we're going to address those uh, with the Raw and NXT and SmackDown side of things. But let's go back to Raw and let's, uh, let's talk about some TV stuff and address anything that we didn't really talk about on the other things that we had talked about earlier this week. We've got, uh, you know, a variety of things, good and bad, that happened on Raw. Some of it we don't really need to get into. Some of it, of course, we'll get into at another time. But one of the things that I definitely wanted to talk about is this whole Shayna and Nia Jax thing. We talked a little bit about it as far as potential match to add, so I don't want to repeat myself too much. But any other thoughts that uh, since then that you think that we should talk about about that? I think... I think it's it's good in a way because, again, Shayna and Nia have chemistry, which is something Nia doesn't have with a lot of people. But I, I don't know if I want to see this match actually take place. I Since we didn't get any kind of an announcement yet for this, and we still might, based off of just them saying something out of the blue, and they might say something on the bump, I don't think we're getting it at SummerSlam. I think that we're going to get it at Payback. And I don't know, maybe we get it on Raw. Depends on the situation, but I think that by now we can pretty much safely say we're not going to get it at SummerSlam. Um, we have the whole her business thing. We kind of already addressed that. We already addressed the tag team title situation. We talked about... Did we talk about Mickey? Why, why is 
Why is Akira Tozawa a ninja? Enough time has passed. I can ask that question again. Why, Why not? Well, <laughs> I guess no, that's about yeah. the way that they were looking at it. Why not? I, I guess so. I guess. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> it's about the same logic gig from a lot of other things. Did we talk about the Mickey thing? No. I don't remember if we had talked about that being a potential match that they should add to kind of compensate for it. If we did, I apologize for repeating the same thing, but that was just like the stupidest thing. Having her return, she doesn't get an entrance. She has. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, she fights Natalia, and it's on the background while Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe are just talking and arguing, whatever. So you're not even having the focal point. Mickey James loses by count out. Just stupid. Yeah. I'm sure in their mind, they're like, oh, this is a really cool, innovative thing. Like, we're going to do a a match, but that's not the real focus. Like, I'm sure they thought that was cool. It pissed so many people off. They pissed off so many fans of women's wrestling. And Mickey. Now, and Mickey, because Mickey did like four interviews where she was like, oh, this is bullshit. You know, this was lame. I don't like this. Um, yeah, it was stupid. But of course, Mickey can recover from it. Like, she's the most decorated women's wrestler in history. She'll be fine. Hopefully. And, uh, now we know the situation's happening with uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks against Asuka, where on SmackDown, we established that after a beat the clock challenge with Naomi, that Bailey is going to be the first one that Asuka fights. We Sasha established Banks, that on Raw, but then they kind of like Brandy Rhodes being like, oh, well, the Nightmare Sisters are in the tournament, but we're going to reestablish that we have to draw. They reestablished. Well, Bailey, I didn't really mean that she wanted to go first. So they did this beat the clock challenge thing. And much to Tony's chagrin, they're really back to playing up the, okay, these two fuckers are going to fight, like, in a week. They're, they're back to playing it like Sasha and Bailey are going to fight any second now you watch. Which probably means... Hey, they both retain, and ha ha, we got you. They didn't do it again, like that kind of thing. It's just that's annoying as hell. I just want this to be over. That's the thing. I not like. I at first I was looking forward to it because it was like we're gonna re uh, do that feud that I liked, and then two and a half years later, I'm like, just do it already. Just do it so we can move on instead of just teasing all the time. It's like, ugh. Um, I like that Naomi got a win because they're yeah. dangerously close to beating Naomi twice. In less than five minutes. And it's also very predictable when somebody just doesn't beat the clock. I like it when somebody actually loses a match for that, because it's... uh, Corey Graves even pointed it out. It's like, Michael Cole said, you know, oh, they have to beat Naomi and whatever. He's like, yeah, if they beat Naomi. Yeah. Naomi has no reason to want to let them win, you know? What was that about, by the way? Corey Graves is just being a complete shit disturber. Yeah, he's like, what about a beat the clock challenge? Yeah, he's like, well, hey, you know. oh, wait, are you guys fighting again? <laughs> like, gee, I didn't see that coming. Hey, yeah. what about a beat the clock challenge? Yeah. I like that. 
uh, Peyton Royce and Ruby Riot. They have all thing. Marina Shafir and Jessica Duke are back. I think we talked about that with the Shayna thing already. Shane McMahon. Blah, well, what blah, are they blah. doing on Raw with Shayna Baszler? <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. Uh, Eric beat a jobber. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler then said, well, I could do better than that. And then beat Eric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, okay, well, he can do better than that. <laughs> you know? kind of, all right, fine. So then Ivar like, gave him the pounce off the raw underground stage. So they're going to fight. They're the first, or not the first, they're the second advertised fight in raw underground history. The first was like Riddick Moss versus whoever he fought this past week. He fought Arturo Huas. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. They didn't want to beat either of them, it seems. So they had them roll out of the ring, and Shane McMahon was just kind of like, "Yo, this is sick. This is sick, bro. It's sick." <laughs> I, what? You, why are they having Shane McMahon? <laughs> like, oh, this, like, dude, dude. Yo, this is totes rad. <laughs> yeah, like. Yo, it's like, lit. Make, it's lit, fam. <laughs> like you're making it seem like the rich kid is going through a midlife crisis right now. Oh, we need to meet Street Posse to come back and just back him up. Yo, yeah, that's right, man. Totes. I, you know, it's there. There's a market for that. Like that's relatable. People go through midlife crisis. Did you ever see? Um, uh, oh God, I'm fucking on the movie now. Paul Rudd. And, uh, I love. I love you, man. Oh yeah. Where he's like, uh, the totes my goats. <laughs> and like, see a Jobin? <laughs> kind of like in that little vibe from it. Uh, what do you think about Raw Underground? I like it. I want the dancers back. I don't feel any shame in saying that. I think it added to the vibe. I like it. They had, uh, I don't know who it was, but some dude was hanging up like a platform. Reeves. Uh, that's who it was? Yep. Uh, he didn't look like he was on the finest uh, platform, so... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, yeah. I, I want them to add more to things. I want them to expand this. I want them to stop with that background track, for sure. I want them to establish this a little bit more. It's It's got some potential. Well, like At the same time, it's a little bit messed video, up. You have to throw in the royalty-free music. Because you know they're probably listening to some, like, underground rap that you can't actually play. So, you know, you gotta throw this uh, safe track above it just get a cfo money to do some kind of other things or just not have anything they don't need to have any kind of music just have them fight you know i would agree with that 24 7 title changed a couple hands here cedric beat shelton shelton beat cedric that kind of thing yeah poor poor cedric and montez ford beat Andrade, and then we got the Shawn Michaels thing, which we addressed a little bit. Well, uh, hold on. It was the week that they revealed that, hey, Sonia, uh, Sonia, Zelina Vega is poisoning you. Yeah, she's the one that did that. So I thought that that was really interesting because they got me. I was like, they're going too hard on this whole it was Zelina thing. But I thought, oh, maybe it was like Montez or something. Not just that. So just the leader. <laughs> yeah, just the obvious. Uh the NXT side of things, we had the second chance qualifying matches. You, and... Do you want to talk about balding Shawn Michaels? I think we already did, didn't we? On the uh We might have, but I'll say it again. He looked he just looked awful. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a figure earlier today that said uh Shawn Michaels is looking like uh old man Marley from Home Alone. <laughs> oh. Like, oh man, it's this is true. This is sad. My heart breaks. 
No pun intended. Yeah, I was going to say pun intended. Um, Johnny Gargano beat Ridge Holland to earn a spot in that title ladder match, and we got Ridge to see Holland that. Holland uh, dropped Johnny Gargano on his fucking head. Is yeah, that, right that was that nasty spot that we had heard about, which looked pretty rough. Yep. Glad that that's not the case, that he's injured or anything. Um, Still dangerous, still you know, I, I don't really blame Ridge Hall 100% as being like, you know, oh, crap, he's like so whatever. If this, of course, becomes a running thing, then we'll, it, it'll we'll be the same as... it's a running thing. Yeah, but, I mean, everybody, there's been situations where somebody fucks up something or whatever, and they, you know, you slip up in the ring somewhere, somebody just misgages a little bit like that. Hopefully this is a one-time type of thing, not whatever, and thankfully Johnny is not injured. That's the biggest deal. Weird that Ridge Holland took a pin, though. Told you they need. I think I got this one right. I don't remember what I said on the uh, podcast, but I told you they weren't gonna not go with Johnny, and they were. I I think when it came to the ladder match, I told you exactly what they're gonna do. I'm still shocked though that they didn't have like some kind of interference or whatever, because they did sort of build Ridge Holland as someone. This is the first uh, loss that he's taken. He can still be someone. He'll get there again. Hopefully. I like him. Dakota Kai beat Jesse Kamiya. This is the first time we've seen Jesse Kamiya in a long time. Dave Meltzer tried to say that she's definitely one of the uh, retribution people, and I just don't buy that. Oh, she's definitely one of the people that's been doing the retribution stuff, yeah, but, but we'll she's not going to be... No. no. I can't imagine that that's going to be the case. She's filling in the void. You know, everybody right now is just being a nobody in that kind of thing. Yeah. But I like Jesse. Like, there's something about her that I she's really, cool. I really dig. And she's not like, she's not cutting promos that are great. She's not cutting promos at all. And she's not doing anything that's super crazy in the ring. And she doesn't have this like crazy character. She used to have that that dorky character. I like that actually. But like, there's something about her that makes me just go. I get why they have an investment in her and that she's been there for a couple of years and that they haven't released her. Like, I, I don't know. I never met the girl. Don't know anything about her really, but I'm like, first off, she's, she's cute. Second, she's athletic. Third, she's young. Fourth, what I have seen from her in the ring, she does seem to be progressing. Fifth, she's gone from being just like Jesse to having the dorky nerdy character to being just the different version of just Jesse. So there's a little bit of range there. I don't know. I like her. So I was glad to see her in this and glad to see Dakota Kai one. Cause she should obviously in that scenario. So I like I that. Agree. I like that more than a lot of other people probably did. Uh, Legato del Fantasma beat Brizongo and Isaiah Swerve Scott by pinfall. We know that we're getting a tag team match now added to the card for NXT takeover 30. It's going to be... That's on the kickoff, right? Yeah, the pre-show is 6.30 Eastern, for anybody who doesn't know. And that's going to be a triple threat, number one contender match for the tag team titles. Brizongo against the Brit and Bruisers, or Brit and Brawlers. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's Lorcan and Birch. Lorcan and Birch. <laughs> and the uh, two members of Legato of Phantasma that aren't Phantasma, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. So pick, pick me I, I am going with Birch and Lorcan. I am as well. I think that we've seen Mendoza and Wild lose before. They can lose. 
and Brizongo can potentially take the pin too, depending on what the circumstances and they already are. Got the title shot. They got the title shot. Legado de Fantasma, they're heels, so it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for them to go up against Bartel and Eichner. Go with L- uh, Lorcan and Birch. Give them a win, and match should be fun. That would cool be a that. great tag team match. If they did it on the same show, it'd be a great tag team match. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway, I'm going to be looking forward to it. And the triple threat match, too. I'm looking forward to that. We had Adam Cole and Pat McAfee together. McAfee cut a pretty decent promo. McAfee can talk. McAfee is like you can tell he just he's a fan of doing this. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's why he wanted to be heel for sure. Because the heel is more fun. You know, he when he told the one guy in the crowd that was talking to shut up or like, oh, you suck. I was like, OK, I get it. He's engaging with everybody. It's perfect. He uh, he's got those three football players with him. I don't know their names. One of them is AJ Hawk. I, I know that because I watched sure. the Pat <laughs> show today, and they were like AJ Hawk, AJ, and I was like, okay, I guess his name is AJ Hawk. Um, I like this. I almost wouldn't be opposed to seeing McAfee transition into a full time wrestling gig, depending on how he works. I'm. You know, potentially up for that too. I mean, he can talk. So even if he ended up being a manager, that'd be kind of fun. He can talk. He can talk. He, he can talk. talk. He can talk. He, he can, can sing. <laughs> 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 Somebody out there is like, why the fuck are they laughing? <laughs> and it's not because it's two in the morning. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can't really do that with McAfee. It doesn't really. I was, yeah, I was I, trying I to tried. think about it. I thought about it in my head. I'm like, ooh, second. help me, Dr. McAfee. That doesn't really work out. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking of, I hate every pet I see from chimpanzee to McAfee. <laughs> oh my god, The Simpsons is so good. Real, real quick side note. You know it's a really underrated Simpsons song. What? Oh, what's a paper boy to do from the streetcar named Desire thing? It's fun. I think one of my favorite uh, is Sherry Bobbins. Uh, it's the American way. Yeah. It's very true. But anyway, NXT. Yeah. Uh, we got that Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Black card against the Robert Stone brand match that we were talking could be added to the card. That yes, it won't be. Yeah, not going to happen now because Shotzi and Rhea on that match. And now we got to see a little more of the footage of her getting the helmet back and all that. And that was around that time, so. Yay, she got that helmet back. Very cool. Um, Good for Triple H for making a helmet. The second chance qualifying match between Velveteen Dream and Finn Balor came down to everybody coming out and interfering. Cameron Grimes coming out and just being like, hey, I'm Cameron Grimes. And it's like, <laughs> I fucking get it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Timothy Thatcher. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Cameron Grimes fan. Um Timothy Thatcher screws over Finn Balor, and we not only got Velveteen Dream winning this match and qualifying for the ladder match out of that, but we also got, after this, they announced Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher added to the card. Uh, who, which which one of us called that on the podcast, Tony? Uh, I believe it was Drew. Uh, yeah, it was totally Drew. <laughs> uh, I told you. I, I knew it from a mile away. You guys were like... Kushida's gonna fight Velveteen Dream. When have they ever given Kushida a singles match on a takeover? 
Well, if he goes back to the future and changes things, maybe it'll be a little bit different. Well, if he goes back to the future, take me with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at that point, strike the clock at a different time and switch this thing around. We don't need to go back to the same 2020. <laughs> um, listen, Velveteen Dream, there is a stink on him that, let's be real, probably will just exist from now until the end of time. Probably, at the very least, they're going to have to do a hell of a lot more to convince people that they did an uh, investigation and that it came up with nothing. Because Triple H addressing it the way that he did, that helped in a little bit. But in some other ways, some people were just like, that's bullshit, you didn't do it. And to be and fair... To when Nia Jax mm-hmm. was straight up just like, nope, save the children. And that's I think good. I think they need to have velveteen dream say something and i think they need to have triple h say something more direct maybe even vince you know yeah have have something put out there where they say literally we have looked into if this is the case of course they shouldn't lie if it's not the case say something like we have looked into the patrick clark instances and situations and allegations whatever you want to phrase it some legal speak crap but don't be too legal speak about it too because then people will see right through it and they'll think that it's just bs but they have to say we looked into this we found that this these were false claims and if there are no actual issues we are standing by our talent they got to do something like that because if they try to sweep it under the rug look at how many people still to this day just chant stupid things that aren't as big of a problem as this is that's of course Ignoring the fact that this might be true. We don't know. It's true. It's a ha- completely different situation of if you got to get rid of the guy. Like, yeah, like, then there's no question that you got to get rid of him. Here's my, and I, I get a lot of flack because I'm very like, well, let's not rush to conclusions here, folks, because that's the culture we live in. But if he's fucking guilty, fire his ass. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, we can't just treat him like a pedophile. Right. You can't scarlet letter somebody. And just have them deal with that for the rest of their lives if they're not guilty of it. But if they're guilty of it, to hell with it. You know what I mean? And if you can't do the uh, time, don't do the crime, that kind of thing or whatever. Um, if you didn't do it, you shouldn't have to deal with any of the repercussions from out of it. So it's a weird situation right now. And of course, we don't know how this would be different if there were actual fans either. We don't oh, know no. if people would be chanting some weird stuff. We don't know if. There's already a lot of people like I think I heard Fire Velveteen Dream was trending when he won the match. I know some people have been tweeting out things like "Let's go straight to the sponsors and tell them that somebody oh, supporting that, this." See that shit makes me physically uncomfortable when people are like, "Well, we know who's sponsoring you, so we're gonna do it." It's like get off. I'm gonna stop talking, but you know I I don't think it's right that you're ruining you're messing with people's livelihoods and not just that talent at that point you're messing with livelihoods of so many you have to be more careful yeah i mean uh i'm all for accountability but i'm not for um witch hunt type stuff depending on circumstances so i'm hoping of course that the allegations are false and i'm hoping that if that is the case that this all blows over, but the current situation we have now, Finn Balor can't win that championship because he's not in the match. So we 
So you got to change your prediction. Uh, there, yeah, I got to change that prediction up. Uh, this doesn't affect the fantasy league because we're not doing that for NXT. But that means that I'm going to go Damian Priest. I think that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to give it to Grimes or uh, Bronson Reed. I think Johnny, uh, Johnny Gargano is a step down for him. Whereas Priest and uh, who's the other one that's left? Um, uh, Dream. God, I'm just talking about him. Uh, <laughs> Dream. You can't give it to because that's just too weird of a situation. Well, so, well, 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 hold on. Don't say that you can't give it to him. They shouldn't. They can. Be a hell of a message to send, wouldn't it? It'd be a fu- oof. Looking forward to that podcast. <laughs> the even just the media call afterward, where people go, so. Of all the people to pick, you know, you kind of in that direction. Oh but. yeah, they're not getting away with this one too too quickly. I think my prediction stays the same. I'm going. I'm all in on Bronson Reed. I would not be surprised to see Johnny Gargano win the match. At this point, since Balor's not in it, the only one that would be surprising for me would be Dream. But the next lowest that I would rank is probably Reed. And then Grimes, and then it's Gargano and Priest. So, given the two, I'm gonna go with uh with Priest, just because why not? I don't know. And with a uh, Balor and Thatcher, could be a lot of fun. But I'm also worried that this is gonna be just the latest in the one shot Balor tour situation, where Balor has a feud with somebody, they wrestle one match, he beats that person, and then they move on. I'm going to say Balor wins, but I don't really like that if that's the case. He was telling McAfee how every one-on-one match he's had in NXT has been the first time ever he's wrestled that person. And I think we've seen Thatcher lose already, that I think Thatcher can lose again. And I'm going to go Finn Balor. Mm -hmm. Can't talk about Dynamite because it hasn't happened yet. So, <laughs> you know, we know that the spoilers were wrong. Yeah, the spoilers definitely can't be 100% true. Some of them probably are. I mean, just, you know, by flip a coin type of virtue. But we know that, for instance, they had reported that the finals of the women's tag team tournament would be Kanchi and Jay against Big Swole and Little Swole. And those two teams lost. So that can't possibly Thank happen. God. Oh. We're going to get in the Nightmare Sisters, and we know that they have a much better chance of winning because they're actually in the match, for instance, than if that's the case. The same for Ivelisse and Diamante. You know, the two teams that are supposed to have lost won. The ones that are supposed to have won lost. So that throws everything from those spoilers out as far as once you're proven to be wrong on something, everything else that you've done can be wrong, too. Kind of the whole, like, you open the bottle of, like, once you're proven to be a liar, you could be lying about everything. Yep. Yep. But we do have SmackDown, and with SmackDown comes a few things, but also a big thing with the Thunderdome. Um, let's save Thunderdome for last and go on with the rest of this. Uh, big E had a match with Sheamus. That was a few that was like, maybe those two will have a match here and there. Um, just a match. Nothing really more to go into with that. It was a match. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura retained the tag team titles over Lucha House Party, which means there goes that match. That could have been a potential thing for SummerSlam or for Payback. But shout out to Callum, who said 
this would be a vehicle for Kalisto to turn, and then Lin saying Kalisto start fighting afterward. Yeah, yeah. Go I thought Callum. it was fucking hilarious that Nakamura and Cesaro <laughs> attacked them before the match. They're just kind of like, "Fuck you, knock them down." Like I laughed. The other thing was that Kalisto again is just like, "What are you guys doing? Get up, go to the room." Yeah. <laughs> Why guys just farting around? It's like they got blasted in the back. Like, yeah. Oh, so so I guess we're splitting Lucha House Party, which I'm, I don't know if I'm down for. Kind of all depends on what directions they go. A house divided. I liked that they showed that during the retribution angle at the beginning of the show, which uh, the show began with Vince McMahon saying, hey, this is the Thunderdome, and immediately Bray Wyatt came out as the Fiend, and then immediately Braun Strowman came out, and then immediately Retribution came out, and then immediately the SmackDown roster came out. But uh, The camera cuts were fucking gross. Ugh, terrible. The amount of camera cuts in the one segment was sickening. It's like a Jason Bourne film or something. But the, the thing that I laughed about was then they show that AJ Styles, during the midst of the, all this kind of stuff, he decides he's going to kick Jeff Hardy in the leg and fuck up his leg and just kind of blame it on a retribution thing. I thought that, that was great. I loved that. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't pick that up on one of the 17 camera cuts <laughs> in five seconds. We had the Mandy stuff. We talked about that already. We talked about the Sonya stuff, the Sasha Banks stuff, the Bailey stuff, Naomi, all that other kind of, you know, kind of bouncing around here. Nikki Cross basically said something's up with Alexa. Yeah, we know. No Alexa tonight, though. No. She's gonna pop up on Sunday. Let me know that. Jeff Hardy won the Intercontinental Championship from AJ Styles. Shocking. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming, but I kind of figure in retrospect now that they were like, why don't we have a title change? The Thunderdome thing's a big deal. Yeah. They tend to do that with almost every single one of these special episodes. If it's like Raw 25 or SmackDown 1000 or whatever, it's normally the mid-card title too. So I'm not too shocked now that that happened. I'm actually surprised that I didn't think about that ahead of time of like, that's why they're doing it because of the Thunderdome thing and they want to have a title change to get people talking and whatever. Don't know where they're going to go from here though. I don't know about uh, Jeff as champion. It was weird because they cut off his acceptance speech like he was winning an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I enjoyed seeing AJ Styles freak out on Joseph Park just because that means more Joseph Park, and I'm down for that. Uh, ladder match next week? Did they announce that? No, I'm just asking you. Oh, uh, just, just. I'd be down know, with let's, it. Let's cool. talk about it. Why not? <laughs> I mean, depending on how much you can follow up the uh, TakeOver ladder match, but yeah, I'd be cool with it. Fuck you, that was a different show. That was six people, this is two. <laughs> That's somebody's <laughs> response. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to point that shit out and you know, be logical and try to whatever, then fuck you. We don't want your business. Can you give us our business, though? <laughs> and we had a whole thing with uh, Braun Strowman attacking Bray Wyatt during a Firefly Funhouse thing, which I thought it was funny that they were like, hey, found out where this was. It's some kind of weird portal of dimension. Right? No, it's not. What it's, was that? It's what was a that? fucking... It's, uh, like, Corey Graves and Michael Cole are like, he found out where the Fiend lives, and, well, you know, they have that connection. It's some kind of alternate dimension. Is it? Is, is that what we're supposed to believe? <laughs> it's so stupid. Huskies the pig boy certainly showed up at Money in the Bank. Were mm-hmm. we in an alternate dimension? <laughs> like, is that why 2020 is the way it is? We blame this on the fiend. 
Maybe. Figure we didn't have uh, COVID until we had uh, the, the fiend. fiend, you know. God damn it, Bray. If he would have just been maybe. Husky Harris this whole time. Maybe he killed Ramblin' Rabbit one too many times. Maybe. Maybe that, you know. Oh, no, it's bats. Never mind. I was thinking that maybe it's a rabbit type thing. <laughs> maybe there was supposed to be a bat character. and Yeah. But we got that, and then it came out that uh, Bray Wyatt was being thrown into an ambulance, and some of the worst acting that's out there, Adam Pierce and all them are always just like, a ghost, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, the fiend See, shows was, up. I was genuinely, because they're doing the whole thing where they're like, oh, somebody's stopping the ambulance from, well, I guess we should set the stage. Braun Strowman chokeslammed sweater vest Bray Wyatt off of a platform in one of the silliest stage bumps ever. But they put him in an ambulance, and I don't know if what's stopping this ambulance is Strowman, because he's going to flip the damn ambulance, if it's Retribution, or if it's what it ended up being, and that's, oh, the god, the Fiend magically appeared. And here's my issue. The Fiend magically appears like we knew he was going to, because the match is advertised as the Fiend versus Braun Strowman. And everybody's like, what? Bray Wyatt is the Fiend? I have never uh, known it. It's like you realize he came out earlier in the same episode and popped up with Vince. Confronted the boss. Yeah, I, I hate like when they do Vince that kind of stuff. fucking no-sold the Fiend. It's a lot different when The Undertaker was doing that kind of stuff, and it was just The Undertaker was the only one that could ever do that kind of stuff, and it was just like, all right, something's up with this dude, you know? And then it became different when Kane was there. Yeah, no, Vince was like, I'm going to step to the left, step to the right, do a little shimmy, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Oh, this is funny where you're a clown? Yeah, clown for me? Uh, But before we get into Thunderdome, let's talk about Retribution. Because they should Being lame again today? Well, hold on. So they show up in the opening segment and they beat up Braun Strowman. One of them definitely lost their mask. And really? I didn't notice that. A, gl- a glimpse of the guy's face, but it just looked like somebody I don't know. But one of them definitely lost the mask, whether it was an accident or not. And like WWE kind of got the better of these goofs. But. My issue with them is they only show up for one segment. Mm-hmm. I would be fine if an hour of Sunday's show was just a, these agents of chaos actually causing chaos for a straight hour. For just a straight hour. I don't know they, how I would feel if SummerSlam was like every match got interrupted with retribution. Part of me would like it and part of me would be like, this is the most frustrating thing. Because it's like, what what are they there for, though? I really think WWE has literally no ideas of what this is all about. Like, not a single person that's going to be in it, not a single direction, not a single person to feud with. Literally nothing, except for, wouldn't it be interesting if we had a bunch of people attack? We'll figure it out. So, do you want to get, I, we're, we're already so late, but do you want to get into the fantasy booking side of things? Sure. Because Vince McMahon was like, this Sunday at SummerSlam, you'll never see it coming. And I went, wait a minute. John Cena. In some way, shape, or form. <laughs> you'll never see it coming. I because would be more 
likely to believe you'll never see it coming. Retribution is Vince. Well, because you'll never see it coming. Everybody changes when they fight the Fiend, right? John Cena fought the Fiend. Where's John Cena? Hmm. True. Oh, he's busy uh, filming movies. What if Retribution is him saying, yeah, I'm going to bring all these new people in because I believe in the future and I'm going to bring all these young people in. These Dominic Dajakovic. This is uh, Simone Johnson. She's the daughter of The Rock. This is, uh, I don't know, Leon Ruff. He's rough. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if it's that? I, I thought, seriously, like, wh- how apeshit would it be if CM Punk took off a mask and it was just like, well, look who it is. That would be the absolute best possible uh, case scenario. If he comes back, he's the member of Retribution that started the whole thing, and it's Retribution for the shitty things that have happened in WWE, and he's got a a league of indie people that are following him, so it's not a matter of who's behind the mask. Anybody could be behind the mask. They're the voiceless, and he's the voice of the voiceless. Like That'd be great. Some of these things make sense. And it'll probably just be like... It'll be like, uh, here's Mojo Rawley is a part of it. And, uh, this person's a part of it. And they're, they're here because they're frustrated that they're not getting what they think that they deserve. You know, that kind of, and the only person who's on the roster that has kind of hinted at anything because he keeps not showing up is the Miz. Right. Which I think is a complete red herring. Which I do too. It's a good red herring. Like I like that. Miz is a guy who should. If he was to be found as the leader of this thing, I would buy the Miz saying, 10 years ago, I won the WWE Championship, and I haven't done a damn thing since because this company insists on holding me back. Mm -hmm. I'd be up for the character to change a little bit and try that out. Because Miz was good. I have nothing against Miz. Miz was good as like when he was champion. He was motivated, he was learning, he was getting better. And they just uh, yeah. never did anything with him. I've been a fan of The Miz since when he first went to ECW. I was just like, kind of like this guy. There's just something to him, and I hope he gets a chance to, just, to shine. So let's talk about the other, the last thing that we are going to talk about here. Before we do, let me throw out another quick plug. Merchandise shops, Public, and Redbubble. Check out the different designs we have there and the different product options. There are three shops, or three different versions of shops for the two shops, because there's one for Fanboys Anonymous, one for A Mango Tees, and one for Smart Out Moment. So go ahead and browse catalogs, pick up something if you're interested. That stuff helps out quite a bit. And that means that the last thing for us to talk about is Thunderdome itself. Fun. So, uh... Maybe I'll elaborate a little bit more on this uh, in a future article or something. Like that. I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do that. But here's the main thing that I have to say about this. They need to fix the audio. You don't like the Skype white noise, Tony? Not at all. That, like, the biggest thing I said before was I want to make sure that the audio is good. Because it's one thing to see the crowd, but hearing the crowd is the thing that's missing the most. And... They did not factor in the idea of if you pipe in endless crowd noise, it just becomes endless. 
at a high enough level too that when they were having people cut promos at the beginning of the show, couldn't really hear it all that well. So they got to tweak that volume and they, they're serving no purpose if they don't have it to where you can hear anybody. Yeah. I I liked it. I, I didn't like the noise so much, but I liked the visual presentation of the Thunderdome. And I think that it shows how much WWE really relies on presentation. Like, how good were the entrances? I think it's interesting that they had it where it was like, let's get rid of the crowd for the entrances, kind of. Yeah, but I, you know what? I like that. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. I, the only thing I disliked presentation wise is motherfucker, the red light is back. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully not for the matches. Oh, well, you'll see. But that, like, the visual stuff, pretty neat. I do think it would be better if they could maybe, you know how, like, those things on, like, Zoom and stuff now, they've got it to where you can have a background? Yep. Give everybody a black background, and I think it would go so much better. I'd agree. I don't, I don't know if they knew what they were doing. I heard some reports from inside the Thunderdome that were like, ah, this is super delayed and buggy and shit and people weren't really digging the Thunderdome virtual experience as a fan I was just happy to see like they were back in a normal arena and they looked really high tech again and Bailey and Sasha had pyro and AJ had pyro and uh, the Fiend looked really cool again it's a really cool first entrance to do was the fiend because it was just like okay cool we're back to high level production yeah i mean it's a major step up in a lot of ways and i'm expecting that this isn't going to be how it is the entire time like this is the first time that they were doing it so there's definitely glitches there's definitely things that they can look at this and they can go well okay for SummerSlam, let's change this around i think that they even probably adjusted the audio of that background stuff during the show itself it didn't seem like it was that annoying later on. It's still annoying, and it's still a problem. And it defeats the whole purpose because you can't get a crowd chant going, you know? Without that, that defeats a lot of oh, the purpose. But at least the chance. visuals were pretty decent. There was that story on Twitter of a guy getting kicked out for trying to start a New Day chant. Poor guy. How the hell is that a thing? I guess he started it when they didn't want him to. That's so stupid. Like we'll never know, I guess. And there was that picture of somebody falling asleep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Somebody did that on purpose. You can't tell me that these people aren't doing that shit to get a rise out of people. No reports that I've seen so far of anybody whipping their dick out or anything like that or flashing no, the camera. Whip, or... whip the dick out. No, uh, you know, I mean, it might be the case and we just didn't see it, but like, yeah, nobody seems to have popped up with like a t-shirt that says like, uh, you know, fuck WWE, go AEW or something. Maybe they just realized, like, ah, oh, this is kind of lame. Because the fan aspect of it was pretty lame. Ultimately, it really looks like the thing that Big E did, where he just put out the picture of the, the Guess, Guess Who, Who game. Oh, that's hysterical. That's Good like, for him. It's mostly what it gave me a vibe of. 
not loving it, but it's better in some ways. And maybe a couple more shows, maybe they tweak it a little bit more. Maybe they figure out a good way for this to work. Gotta fix that audio, though. That's the number one thing for me to just be like, if I wanted to hear just (sighs) perpetually for two hours or three hours or eight hours, however long these two shows are going to be, I would just put that noise in the background. You know, I'd run a vacuum the entire time or I'd do whatever. Like, that's not a crowd. I agree. But there are cool things. And even just the idea of being an arena again is still, you know, it's brighter and that's a little bit better. It's a little bit less depressing in some ways. Still, though, that the AEW uh, Daily's Place Amphitheater they lucked out on that. Yeah. Because you know they weren't thinking about a pandemic when they did it. Mm-mm. It just happened to be the Tony Khan owns it. And it looks pretty good. And we're going to see it with fans. Not tomorrow night, but Thursday night. Yeah, because tomorrow night, that show's already been taped. So here's how that's going to work. Uh, tomorrow night, we are going to be doing the coverage for NXT TakeOver 30. And I don't know if I'm going to watch Dynamite after that and try to put out that stuff or change anything or whatever. I don't know how you cram everything in here because everything's happening this weekend. No, we're going to we're going to do the podcast. We're going to grab some popcorn and we're going to watch a Superman movie and you're going <laughs> to go over to Fanboys Anonymous and we're going to take a little break. Might be. Might be the case. <laughs> Uh, depends on how much I can whittle down on my to-do list and stuff too but ultimately at some point dynamite stuff will get up on there at some point everything's gonna get done hopefully <laughs> knock on wood but um, if everything gets done one way or the other we're all gonna die yeah eventually they're gonna finish <laughs> so stay tuned for the takeover stuff of course on Sunday that we got SummerSlam so we're gonna carry on with that do the post show for that as well the pay-per-view point content I got my wrestling news stuff and my Bleacher Report stuff I'm going to be working on as well. Then throughout the next week, we've got the payback stuff that we're going to do for that pay-per-view point. And we're going to be doing the draft for the teams for the Fantasy League. For more information about that, uh, we'll be having some stuff up on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash the Megamaniacs. So I can't remember who it was. I think it was Robert Young. Might have been somebody else. I'm not entirely sure. Let me double check that real quick. But uh, the idea of having a separate league from us for everybody else who wants to be a part of this, that's something that is going to get in the mix somewhere. Um, Just double check 100%. Yeah, it is Robert Young. So if anybody's interested in that, let him know, and he'll be calculating things and stuff. And um, ah, yeah, I think that's it. Any other plugs you want to toss out? Uh, yeah, I'm on Fightful.com and WrestleZone.com. Those are your best news sources for the weekend and all the crazy stuff ahead. You can follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice and check out the Paul Heyman's SmackDown podcast that myself and Callum Wiggins do every Saturday at the SmackDown Moment YouTube channel and podcast feeds. Yeah, so that's definitely the next thing that you directly are going to be getting from us after this. So... Plenty of uh, podcast content coming up. As I mentioned before, if you think that this is worth even a dollar a month 
for all the stuff that's on the website and all the stuff that's on the YouTube channel. Please consider donating to the Patreon or the YouTube um, membership platform thing or you know, five, uh, 10, 20, whatever it is that you think you want to get access to those tiers, please do that because I would love to see this grow even further. I'd love to get more stability going for the website to fix a lot of the problems. And I know that if you click on the website in a, on your phone, that it's, it's shit. And I would love to fix that, but I don't have the technical know-how to do it myself. So I got to pay somebody to do it. Those people do not want to do that for 20 bucks. So yeah, that's a, that's a thing. A lot of those things need to get fixed, but if you keep showing your support, then eventually they will be. So thank you for listening to this episode, everybody. Thank you for showing support in any fashion that you do. Thank you in the future for listening to all the stuff that's coming your way, all that stuff. But for now, this has been another smart out moment and we're being counted out.